Training camp season is well underway. And don't worry, guys, over here on It's a Football Podcast, we're still getting that work into. Welcome to another edition. I'm Safadine, joined by Tyler Dragon. We're NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Uh, Tyler, just went on a little vacation, man. How, how was your trip? And um, also, I really have to critique this video of you that you that you put on, on social <laughs> media here, Tyler. This was really good play by you. And I can't wait to hear what producer Emily has to say about it as well. Well, uh, it is great to be back from vacation. I went to Hawaii. Hawaii was great. I'm probably a little bit darker right now from all the sun. I was basking in the sun. Uh, one of my best friends got married, so congratulations to him and his wife. I was a groomsman. But, yeah, it's back to football season. It's back to football season. And training camp is, like, already hold over up, hold, now, up, hold, so on, Tyler, hold on, Tyler. Hold on, Tyler. Hold on, Tyler. Hold on, Tyler. Don't you try to change Whoa. the subject. Do not try to change the subject, Tyler. What are you talking about? You was on vacation. You was on a beach on Hawaii, okay. and you were mm-hmm. still getting that work in, Tyler. We got a clip. We got one little clip here, producer Emily. Uh, we got Tyler here on defense. He's playing middle linebacker. I think he's playing safety. I'm not sure which one is which. He's the only defender I'm that in the area. Position. You're I'm, star- that, I'm that star position, like Derwin James. Mm. I play a little bit of everything. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Like kind of <laughs> like a nickel corner, you know, right line, uh, you know, outside <laughs> linebacker kind. Of. You were the only defender uh-huh. in the area. I mean, I don't know where all your other teammates on defense were. Maybe they were guarding man. You were like all time linebacker in the middle there. But uh, <laughs> we saw we saw a quick little juke one way. Then you saw the ball coming. I saw some great awareness. I mean, I'm not going to say slow feet don't eat. You was in the sand. You were in the sand. It took you a little while to get over there. But you got over there and made the play, Tyler. You made the play. I'm I'm, I'm proud of you, man. This is a nice highlight for you to post. Wow. Well, well, thank you. I was expecting a little bit of harsher criticism from you, I, I must admit. Uh, maybe I sent that video for, you know, NFL scouts. Maybe I'll get a tryout here down the line. Tyler, the only thing missing was you like this. You didn't go like this like every DB in the league when you make a pass breakup, man. <laughs> you know, you got to act like you've been there before. Oh. So I had to. I acted like, you know, I've been there and done that. This wasn't my first pass breakup in my career. So, you know, it was, it was feet, okay play. Slow feet don't eat, Tyler, but you managed to get a bite out of that one. I, I was in the sand. Sophie, give me a break. <laughs> I was in the sand. <laughs> I'm being real nice to you, but I'm really waiting for producer Emily to could just come over the hammer with this. <laughs> you are being a little too nice here. Like his feet, it, they're they're pretty slow. The wide receiver, <laughs> let's say, I mean, this is like we're talking like peewee league this is like pop warner football peewee league i mean the receiver the first of all it's very clear from the beginning that the route was a hundred percent telegraphed to to the whole defense tyler included he could read it from a mile away we're talking like up in lights the route is right there it's going to be a quick outside and a quick turn I'm actually disappointed you didn't even intercept it the way that it was being telegraphed. I mean, I was expecting you to be able to come up, jump up there, get the ball and return it for pick six. But I mean, you made the stop, I guess. So congrats for being able to tackle. But um, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't a challenge. Producer Emily has a point here, Tyler. I mean, literally, you telegraphed the whole thing. You saw the ball coming to your to the defender, to the guy you were defending. I mean, you could have just had one other quick step and get in front of it. You could have took it to the house, but you know the slow. It was a floater. Eat. It flo- It was in the air for a good two <laughs> wow. minutes. Like 
Yeah. You you love basketball. You talk like, do you have hops? Could you have? Wow, she said you wow. got no hops, Tyler. <laughs> well, I, I don't have hops anymore after ACL and Achilles surgery. My hops are done. But man, I, 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 okay, I guess I need to do better next time. I will try to get a pick six the next time I play football in the sand. Producer Emily, can you imagine what the other highlights and lowlights might have been? Like, this is what we saw Tyler posted. <laughs> so, like, this was the best one. This was the best play no, Tyler had all day. No, it, 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 it was my best defensive play. I actually had two touchdowns. Tyler's back from vacation. We got some WD-40 and Ben Gay on the rest of his body. I know he's hurting after the wedding and after this uh, balling performance where he claims he has two touchdowns. We'll take it and run with it, Tyler. But let's get into uh, our podcast this week. Um, training camp, like you said, is well underway. We can finally change topics here. Um, you know, everybody's kind of underway here. Let's start off with some breaking news here. Um, Tom Brady with the Buccaneers is going to be out for at least 10 days. Um, has already missed some practice already um, due to a personal issue, which, uh, you know, Bucks coach Todd Bowles, Will not uh, divulge it a little bit more. Uh, I agree. I guess personal issues are personal issues. But um, Tyler, where do you think this puts the Buccaneers in, in training camp mode, where um, they're they're not a rebuild? They're definitely ready for for a, a title run here in Tampa Bay. But Mike Evans had an hamstring injury issue. Excuse me. Chris Godwin's kind of working his way back from ACL surgery. He looks really stiff, like you did in your video there. Um, how do you think this slow start to the season affects Tampa Bay going forward, man? You know, if anybody in the NFL can miss training camp, it is Tom Brady. He's 45 years old, been in the league 23 years. Tom Brady could afford to miss training camp. He's been there, done that, seen every defense. He knows the playbook. I mean, he knows the offense. So I'm not too concerned about this. Um, you know, I just hope Tom Brady and whatever personal issue he or his family is going through, everything is all right. Because uh, that's what's most important here. But on the football field, it's not a huge concern. Maybe for the Bucks wide receivers, uh, Julio Jones, uh, Gage, because those are uh, new players uh, in the uh, system. They need to build chemistry with Tom Brady, and that obviously is going to be affected by his absence. But overall, I'm not too, too concerned about this. Tom Brady, he's been there, done that, and he'll be back. Uh, Todd Bowles said later this month, probably uh, around the August 20th, 21st mark. So it's, it's not a huge concern for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I would say um, Tom Brady's absence is not a huge concern, but there's a lot of other absences happening at Bucks practice. Tyler, that's going to affect how Tampa Bay comes out the gate here. Um, you know, I think it's a really um, obviously Tampa Bay. They just need to be ready for December, January and February. And they will. Um, but I'm concerned about where they might end up and how long they might take to get there because the first month of the season could be affected. I mean, look, uh, Mike Evans has a hamstring injury. He's known to have that, you know, during his career. Russell Gage, their new receiver they got from Atlanta, has a hamstring as well. He's day to day. Um, you know, we know these soft tissue injuries, they're not hard, you know, they're not um, easy to come back from. They take time. And when you lose time in chemistry and you don't have a quarterback there, those are all things that affected everything going on. Uh, Chris Godwin is working his way back from ACL surgery. That's going to take some time. Um, I don't know how soon Chris Godwin is going to be back. Could be October. Could probably let into November. Um, at least you have Julio Jones in there. At least you have Leonard Fournette on offense. Uh, 
Um, you'll have Tom Brady when the season starts, but I think – and then I, I forgot the biggest injury Tampa Bay had the second day of training camp, Ryan Jensen, their center, is going to be out for the season too. So I'm concerned, Tyler, for the Bucks going into the season. I think this first month could be rough for them, um, and I'm not sure how much this first month lingers into the second month. But hopefully, you know, they get these guys back to full strength, including Chris Godwin, who was, you know, I believe top five in receptions and yards last year. Yeah, you know, what the receiver concern uh, I get, because, you know, as you illustrated, Chris Godwin's coming back from a, a serious injury. You got Mike Evans, hamstring, Russell Gage, yes. But as far as Tom Brady, I'm not concerned with him. And the biggest concern at Tampa Bay's camp is center Ryan Jensen, who is uh, going to be out for the entire season. But when you look at, you know, the Bucks schedule, they, they do start off tough, too. They play the Cowboys week one, uh, then they're at the Saints, and then they play the Packers uh, for their home opener. So that is a, a brutal uh, three-game stretch to start the season. And I can see them starting uh, one and two. Um, but then, again, I can see them starting two and one. I don't think there's, they'll start three and oh, especially – you know, getting uh, Chris Godwin back in the fold, Mike Evans, uh, you know, back in the fold with a hamstring. But overall, the Bucks' plan is to play into deep into January and maybe into February. So I, I think they can afford to start off the season slow and then they'll obviously finish strong because their schedule lightens up at the um, end of the season when they have, you know, games against the Seattle Seahawks the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals, who are known for <laughs> faltering down the stretch. Tyler, let's take it up to New England to Tom Brady's old team, the Patriots. And uh, I know you've been on vacation. I know you've been on vacation, but word out of New England is the Patriots aren't looking good on offense uh, this training camp. Um, Matt Patricia, the former Lions coach, former Patriots coach, is back with Bill Belichick. Um, Bill Belichick is doing this thing, what he normally does, where he's not really naming offensive, defensive coordinators. Uh, they just have kind of a role, and that's what they're playing. Um, I'm not sure what's the whole story behind that, but uh, Matt Patricia is in charge of the Patriots offense now, and uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback there, is entering his second season. Um, they got some new additions at the receiver room, De Devontae Parker being one of them, uh, Kendrick Bourne's my guy. Uh, but this offense isn't looking good, Tyler. The, the word out of uh, out of New England is the offensive line can't hold a, uh, hold a leg for anybody. The uh, wide receivers are not getting any separation. Uh, Mac Jones is having a lot of uh, frustration, I guess, running this offense, and everything is just not clicking on all cylinders here. Um, Tyler, when you hear about the Patriots off to a slow start and everything that Bill Belichick has done in the NFL here, uh, what do you make of it, man? So I think – we need to pump the brakes. <laughs> the Patriots, the, I, we need to pump the brakes. The Patriots, when it's all said and done, they'll be the second best team in the NFC East. Yes. What? Over, over your Miami Dolphins. Oh, my God. I do God. like the uh, Devontae Parker edition. I think he's going to be good for that team. Uh, Damian Harris, he's a quality running back. Now, the offensive line does concern me. They have a leaky offensive line. And so. then with Mac Jones, Second-year quarterback, that's doomsday for a second-year quarterback to have a bad offensive line. We've seen uh, Joe Burrow, how, how, how he's uh, endured a bad offensive line, whether it's injuries. He bounced back last year, but 
for Mac Jones, he's not as mobile as Joe Burrow. He's, he's a pretty much a stationary quarterback, so you need a solid offensive line. So that concerns me. But overall, this pump your brakes. It's not time to hit the panic button yet. The Patriots haven't even played a preseason game. By the time this podcast airs, they will have played one. But <laughs> pump the brakes. They'll be fine. They're uh, second best team in the AFC East. Well, let me, second let me, best team. Well, let me tell you that. something, Tyler. Let me tell you something because – uh, the Dolphins are in Tampa Bay right now, and word out of Tampa Bay is Tua lit it up today. Tyreek Hill, oh, Jalen Waddle. Listen, man, you're going to see week one when the Dolphins host the Patriots. Uh, you'll see how bad the Patriots' offense is and how good the Dolphins' offense has become. Um, you're not hearing that out of Miami. You're not hearing that the offense ain't working, uh, that the receivers ain't finding time to get open. You're not hearing none of that out of Miami. And you got them as, what, the third best team in the AFC East? I think you might be a little misguided there. Stop it. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time they gave out uh, Lombardi trophies or gold medals during training camp? <laughs> When's just, the last time they've given just, those you, out? You just went for the jugular, huh, Tyler? You just went for the jugular, <laughs> huh? To answer you, it's been 50 years. 50, excuse me, 49. been 49 years. They went back to back. The Dolphins are celebrating the 50th anniversary of their perfect season in 1972 this year. And uh, yeah, oh, it's, you were you, you were born that year, right? No, I think definitely think you were born uh, back then. Oh, so I'm okay. not sure. I'm not sure, but uh, I know. And we're talking about Super Bowls, and I know Bill Belichick's won a lot of them, but he's very, very far away from winning another one. He is. He is. He is. Especially, but I, I think the Patriots might be a. a, a a fringe playoff team this year. You, you got seven teams going. You can if AFC. your offense ain't doing nothing in the training camp, Tyler. You can't it's get to the playoffs if the training camp offense ain't good. What are you gonna do week one, week two, week three? You're gonna figure it out by second month of the season and make the playoffs. The Patriots oh. are gonna start off one and zero. The Patriots are gonna start off one and zero. I would, I would definitely <laughs> love. I would definitely love a dinner bet on that. Okay, I would, I would love. I would love. Producer a Emily, you got it down. I would love a dinner bet on that, and I would let you know that, like, you got to buy a bottle of wine at dinner if this next part of the bet comes through and hits, Tyler. Okay, what what's the next part? I got to know the next part first. Dolphins by double digits. Oh, absolutely not. The Dolphins are not going to be the Patriots by double digits. Double yeah, digits. I'll, I'll bet you. I'll, I'll bet a, a bottle of wine, too. Dinner, dinner and a bottle of wine. There we go. Boom. Week one, I'm going to be eating good after week one, Tyler. Okay, dinner and bottle of wine. <laughs> Love when we make our bets here on It's a Football Podcast. Uh, let's keep it rolling. I saw a video of, of the Panthers quarterbacks, uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, walking into practice with fans in attendance. And uh, poor Sam Darnold got no love, Tyler. He got no love. <laughs> the fans are like, Baker, Baker, go get him, Baker. Go kill it today, Baker. Poor Sam Darnold's just awkwardly walking right next to Baker Mayfield, hearing all of this. And word out of Carolina, Tyler is is Baker Mayfield. It's 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 his job. I feel like he's already won it. Um, that's the news out of, of Carolina of how uh, training camp has gone the first week of the season. Um, obviously, we know Baker Mayfield was traded to Carolina after the Browns got Deshaun Watson, um, and you know former number one pick going to a second home really early on in his career. Uh, what do you think about the Baker Mayfield train and how it's going in Carolina so far, Tyler? Yeah, I've definitely uh, heard from numerous uh, people out of Carolina's camp that Baker Mayfield is decisively uh, winning that quarterback competition over Sam Darnold. 
and uh, the players can see it on the field, and the fans apparently see it too when they're cheering him on. And when I, I look at you know this quarterback competition, you know they were obviously drafted in the same draft, but you know Baker has had ten more starts than Sam Darnold, but his stats are significantly better. And that's saying something because Baker Mayfield isn't a top-tier quarterback. But you look at his passer rating, he has an 87.8 passer rating. Sam Darnold, 76. And then you look at career touchdowns, Baker Mayfield has the edge. He has the edge and, you know, has less interceptions. Uh, oh, actually, Baker Mayfield has more interception, But the interception-to-touchdown ratio is easily on Baker Mayfield's size. So overall, you know, I do think Baker Mayfield gives the Panthers a better chance to win. But, you know, he's not, you know, significantly better, in my opinion, than Sam Darnold. I agree too, Tyler. And I'm interested to see how it all goes down in Carolina. You know, I've, I've we've spoken about this before, but this is the make or break it year for Matt Rule, the Panthers coach. Um, uh, he's on the hot seat. He's probably the favorite to lose his job um, this season out of probably any other NFL coach. Um, and Baker, too, you know, chapter two of his career starting in Carolina, what he can do. We've seen him play through injury and kind of be the quarterback you want to be from that standpoint. I'm interested to see how it goes to Carolina, but also Carolina's not a team I'm trying to watch play either, Tyler. I'll be very honest with you in that sense as well. You don't want to see Christian McCaffrey? Is he going to play? Is he going to play? <laughs> I would like to see Christian hey, McCaffrey. He'll play about eight games. I'm just going to bypass what producer Emily just said. I don't even know what she said there. Yeah. <laughs> I think Christian McCaffrey's uh, eight, eight plus games this year. Eight plus. Eight plus. I probably put a, another dinner bet on that with you there, Tyler. Let's bring in somebody here who's covered Baker Mayfield very closely, but also is covering a new quarterback in a new situation with the Cleveland Browns. Let's welcome in Chris Easterling from the Akron Beacon Journal. Chris, how's it going on your side of the world, man? It's uh, it's going great. Uh, you know, it's a little rainy here in Jacksonville right now, but uh, but it's, it's going well otherwise. We love joint practices. We love where they take us during training camp. And um, Chris, let's just get right to it. Um, are the Browns really going to play Deshaun Watson in the first preseason game with everything that's going on in the suspension pending, man? It might be the only time they get to play him uh, this season, to be quite honest. But, uh, you know, that's the plan. I mean, you know, they have operated, since they acquired him, they've operated as if he's going to be the starting quarterback at some point this season. Now, we obviously don't know what Peter C. Harvey's going to rule. I mean, the expectation is it's going to be a full season. But until then, you know, there's a, he, he's back week seven, so they need to get him ready to play and and they've been doing that, but you know, they've also been, you know, working Jacoby Brissett in a little bit more, but you know, over the last week or so, I think July 30th, the fourth practice of the of training camp was the first time they, they really started to give Jacoby first team reps, but uh, no, they've, they've really have just been going as if it's business as usual, which is, it's sort of surreal, to be honest. Yeah, it, it definitely is a surreal situation to think about, Chris, because, you know, let's backtrack here. Deshaun Watson was, um, you know, recommended to have a six-game suspension from Sua Robinson, who, uh, you know, presided over the investigation with the NFL. He was found to, uh, you know, violate the personal conduct policy 
He was also found to be, quote unquote, not violent um, in all of his off-field accusations here. We've had a bunch of lawsuits settled, 23 out of 24 for Watson personally. The Houston Texans also settled 30 lawsuits very, very quickly. Um, And I just don't understand this PR nightmare that the Browns are kind of swimming in right now because of the fact that we don't know how long Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended because the NFL appealed this process here. The NFL is pushing for the whole season. I don't know if they can get eight games, 10 games, 12 games. I don't even know how much is a real uh, satisfactory um, suspension for what he's done off the field, um, allegedly, excuse me. But um, I guess how are the Browns kind of taking this this PR nightmare and and, and kind of uh, approaching it? They're, they're basically not even addressing it. You know, literally the only person outside of – they basically left Kevin Stefanski – and the players to answer all questions about Deshaun. Uh, I don't think Andrew Barry has spoken since maybe the introductory press conference back in March. Uh, Jimmy and D Haslam, the owners, haven't spoken since the owners' meetings in late March, early April, thereabouts. I mean, it, it's really just been Kevin Stefanski, and every time you ask him about anything with this, it's – we just respect the process. We're going to respect the process. We're going to respect the process. And and the players, you know, and you understand the mindset, you know, of a pro athlete, you know, you kind of have to put the blinders on regardless of what your personal feelings may be because you're trying to get yourself ready for a season. But you can tell, I, you can sort of sense that they're even getting tired of the questions because, Everybody that comes out to talk, you know, and the way the Browns, it's not an open, at least for training camp, it's not an open locker room. They bring two or three players out, a, you know, a day, and, you know, they always get some type of Deshaun question. And it's, you know, look, we're taking care of our business. It's not our business, you know, what what's going on in, in his personal world. And we just need to focus. But, you know, I can't imagine the, you know, to have to answer the questions because the people, you know, and Kevin Stefanski was involved in it, in the decision-making. He's not without blame in, in bringing Deshaun in, but it's the Haslams, it's Andrew Barry who should have to answer, should be the ones out there answering the questions. And they, other than a statement they put out on August 1st when the, the decision came out, initial decision came out, that is the extent of anything that's come out of, come from them in terms of uh, with regards to Watson, the suspension, or anything else? Yeah, uh, that, that's a good point. And I, I was going to ask you, uh, to, to that point, do you think, you know, players are getting just exhausted by this whole ordeal? Because I know they can't answer questions, but, you know, it's obviously <laughs> a big, dark cloud uh, hovering over their organization. And do you feel that could have an effect not only in preseason games, but uh, can it affect the regular season and their performance as well? I think it all depends on how long this drags out. I mean, if let's say, you know, Peter Harvey rules today at some point that, you know, look, it's this. I, I think they just want some sort of finality. You know, whatever it is, full year, 12 games, whatever, just some finality so they can actually move on to the season without qualifiers. 
you know, I don't think it's going to linger that long. I, I would, you know, I almost think they made the decision, going back to your initial question about is he really going to start on Friday against Jacksonville, I almost wondered if that wasn't a decision made to say, okay, we're going forward. What are you going to do? It, it, you know, kind of like a, a chess game almost and saying, we've made our move. We're going forward. If you don't want to see him on the field because, you know, all of this, then better hurry up, uh, you know, and, and make a decision. But we we shall see. The, knowing the way this will work, about 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, you know, three hours before kickoff, that's when it will come down. <laughs> and, and the last thing I'll be worried about, it will be a, a meaningless preseason opener in, in Jacksonville. Uh, Chris, we're not sure. We're still not sure how long Deshaun Watson could uh, be out and, and when if or when he will return. Um, how has Jacoby Brissett kind of performed here? And, and also I'd ask the same about Josh Rosen. And do you think the Browns could really go after Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe kind of uh, find a placeholder here in time while they wait on Watson? You know, I, I think uh, to, to the point about Brissett, uh, you know, he's he's looked like Jacoby Brissett. You know, you sort of know what you're getting with, with Jacoby, uh, Josh Rosen, I'll be honest, he's been getting fourth, fourth string reps. I mean, it's been Josh Dobbs over Josh Rosen for most of, of camp when it's come to the kind of the, the pecking order. But, you know, Jimmy G is, you know, it sounds like the Browns are sort of making it doing a 180 with Jimmy G because, you know, during the earlier in the offseason, they were not very keen on the idea of bringing him in of 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 going after him but i think the realization is that look it's probably it's either jacoby Brissett or jimmy garoppolo and you know everybody has their opinions about garoppolo but if, if let's look at the rosters you know the roster the browns have and the roster the 49ers have it, it is there really that much difference? And if Garoppolo can win enough in San Francisco, can he at least for one year until Deshaun comes back, assuming it's a full year, can he hold it down and, and win games for you? You know, I guess that remains to be seen, but he's certainly been able to do enough in San Francisco with, with that roster that you would, I would be intrigued. You know, I wouldn't just, Throw it, you know, shoot it down, you know, sight unseen as as to what he can do. But again, you know, I think everything sort of hinges on whatever the appeal ruling ends up being. Tyler and Chris, I think it says a lot that the Browns would even consider Jimmy G. Uh, it says a lot about what they feel about Josh Dobbs and and Josh Rosen and Jacoby Brissett that they will go and entertain this idea. And like you mentioned, Jimmy G's been to you know NFC title games. The Browns have a pretty, a pretty comparable roster. Um, if he can keep them in contention as Sean brings it home when he does return or if he does return at all this season, it could potentially be a good move. And, and personally for Garoppolo, Tyler, I think he has an opportunity to probably, you know, in a prove-it year, prove himself and, and try to get another deal with another team after this season. Yeah, I would love to get uh, Chris's thoughts on this, but I would love to see Jimmy G on the Browns. I hate it for Jimmy G because I think he's a starting caliber quarterback and he doesn't need to be a bridge quarterback. But for the Browns, I look at the Browns and their roster 
and I think it's as a similar construction as the 49ers do uh, as their offense because the 49ers love to run the ball, have a stout defensive line, stout defense, and that's similar of what Cleveland does. Two-headed monster in the backfield, a stout defensive uh, line with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. So you put Jimmy G right there in the mix. He's in an environment that he has thrived in uh, in San Francisco. Now, I'm not saying he's a standout quarterback, but if you put the necessary pieces around Jimmy G, he has proven he can go to an NFC championship game or even the Super Bowl and be one throw away from winning the whole thing. So him in Cleveland, I think that's a good environment situation for him. However, for Jimmy Garoppolo's sake, I would want him to go to a team where he can start over fresh and be the franchise quarterback, not only of the present, but of the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, you almost look at it, you know, the Browns deal Baker to, you know, to try to get to find a second chance in Carolina. And now they're sort of looking for their own, you know, Garoppolo maybe finds Cleveland as the opportunity to kind of remake him, you know, you know, remake his own image, you know, with, uh, you know, coming off his own uh, shoulder injury. So, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, it's sort of funny how it all might work out. But uh, again, it's just for what this team needs, I, he's better than Jacoby Brissett. I, I don't, th- I think we can all agree there. So if he's better than Jacoby Brissett, he's an upgrade at the position. And if you're not going to have Deshaun Watson at all in, in 2022, you need to upgrade that position. So um, I don't see why, you know, obviously it's going to require the 49ers to eat some of that salary. And, and you know, and I, I wonder how much of that, ha- how much of ag- how much haggling there's going on there? But if Deshaun suspended for the full year, his his salary tolls over, so he's only a couple million dollar hit on the on the salary cap next year instead of like a forty six million dollar hit next year. So, you know, it almost could benefit the Browns in some regards if if it was a full year because of what it does uh, for their cap. Chris, I think my biggest concern too would be if, if uh, how Jimmy Garoppolo fits into this offense because, you know, he was doing West Coast and and you know wide zone scheme with San Fran. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if Kevin Savancy runs the same system and learning a system would also take some growing lumps too, especially with training camp already well underway in the season. Right. Um, you know, less than less than a month away. Yeah, I mean that that is the the question is how long can you wait if you're the Browns to, to if you're going to make that move because. You know, we are we are a month away today from from kick, from regular season kickoff. So you need to get him in by the end of this week, if not the end of the weekend, if you want to. Uh, I, I think if you want him to start against Carolina now, if if the idea is look, we can we can weather a couple of games while he kind of gets his feet wet with Jacoby, then I, I guess you can. You know, it's not as urgent, but I would think he'd want to get him in sooner rather than later. That was Chris Easterling. And if you haven't already, if you're a big Browns fan, follow him on social media and make sure you subscribe to the Akron Beacon Journal as well. 
Uh, Chris, thanks so much for your time, man. I want to ask you real quick before you leave. You got a prediction for the season. Where do you think the Browns wind up record-wise this year? Uh, if there's no Deshaun Watson and no Jimmy Garoppolo, seven and ten. Wow, you give them seven wins. Six or seven wins, maybe. Wow. I mean, you know, there are games that I think that again, this roster is is good enough to win some games if the quarterback even just plays at league average. I mean, think a one-armed Baker Mayfield last year won eight, helped them win eight games. So, you know, Jacoby Brissett, you know, he can't be worse than too much worse than that. I I got it close. I got it closer to zero if it's uh, no Jimmy G, no Deshaun. Totally disrespectful. Come on, man. I'm just, I'm just being very honest. <laughs> I mean, you got a running game. You got a defense with Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. Yeah, and Cl- I mean, all, it's only I a mean, matter of time. I mean, it's it, only- is, it, is, it is in the you know in the AFC. In the, you know, the back half of their schedule, especially, is 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 difficult. But are the Bengals the favorite to win, uh, in your opinion, or you to have uh, the Ravens? I go with the Ravens. And- I go with the Ravens. Yeah. I, I. I the thing is, you know, if they're healthy, I mean, heck, they were. I mean, were they starting like JV guys on in the secondary last year? They were like fifth string running back. They were, you know, Lamar was hurt for like a month. It seemed like, and they were still, you know, on the verge of the playoffs. You know, that last game against Pittsburgh. So, you know, I like I, I like the Ravens, and you know, I think there's just kind of a a, a small step backwards for the Bengals, not a massive one, but but you know I, I think you know a healthy Baltimore you know is is still the best team you know in the division if especially if you know no Deshaun no Jimmy G in in Cleveland. Thanks so much for your time, Chris. Appreciate it, guys. If you haven't already, follow Chris Easterling on social media. Check him out at the Akron Beacon Journal, and if you're a big Browns fan, make sure you subscribe over there as well. All right, Tyler, we, a lot of money was thrown around this offseason, and there's one player out there trying to get his fair share as well. Uh, Chicago Bears linebacker Roquan Smith requested a trade this week um, and insisting that the Bears' leadership does not value him. Um, Roquan is uh, you know, probably one of the best linebackers in the NFL, Tyler. I'd be interested to see what his trade market would be. Um, and also I'm you know, kind of worried for him in that sense that he's not going to get paid because – uh, kind of times like this this year, training camp, you're kind of waiting for an injury to really push a trade forward. And, and he's trying to get some big money too, Tyler. What, what do you think about this situation going on yeah, in Chicago? I'm really surprised because the Bears traditionally have had, you know, really good uh, inside linebackers. And Roquan Smith, uh, he fits the bill. He's had a, a hundred plus tackles. And every single season that he's been in the NFL, he's uh the fastest player in Bears uh, history, well, since 1994, to reach uh, 500 tackles in a career. So, you know, I do think the Bears want him to stay in Chicago for the long call. They just need to, you know, refigure the contract numbers and make his deal uh, more front-loaded than back-loaded with more guaranteed money. I don't see the Bears uh, trading him. I know there's some rumors out there that the Bears might be shopping him but at this point what i've heard is chicago uh wants him and they view him as their linebacker of the present and future according to nfl network tyler 
um, Roquan Smith was offered a backloaded offer, so mm-hmm. a backloaded contract with the escalators in value of the 94 non-quarterback contracts worth at least $15 million, none of them had the escalators. So not only would this trade be bad move for Roquan Smith, it would also reset the linebacker market or, or, or do harm to the linebacker market. And that's obviously something that you don't want to do as a player. You want to always trying to push the envelope when you're, you're negotiating for a new deal. Yeah. So and we'll I see always, how that goes. I always find it interesting in, in this day and age, uh, athletes have make trade requests on social media <laughs> and not just going straight to the horse's mouth, which is the owner of the GM. No, I'm going to go on social media and announce. That's, this is, this is, but here's the dynamic, Tyler. They've already went to the, they already went to the owner and to the GM and they hadn't mm-hmm. didn't like what they said. So you try to build some leverage. And you're going to get the fans like, what public. are the Bears doing? What are the Bears doing? <laughs> this is, You know how this goes, Tyler. I, I just miss the days of keeping things in-house. No, Stop it. No, I don't no, air no. out all our dirty laundry. I mean, we aired out your play <laughs> earlier this year, so if any safeties go down, I know you're not getting signed. <laughs> you could probably play linebacker for the Bears. You, you got that in there for you. Uh, okay, okay. Hey, I'll take that linebacker money. <laughs> let's go over to uh, let's go over to Pittsburgh, Tyler. And Mike Tomlin has already announced who's going to be a starting quarterback. Um, and it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he has more experience than the other quarterback options. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just the best option in Pittsburgh right now, Tyler. This is not a quarterback competition that excites me at all. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't excite many of us. Um, You know, it's hard to believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's uh, heir apparent is Mitch Trubinsky. Um, Why do you have to say it like that? (laughs) Because, (laughs) but overall, I mean, I I do think Kenny Pickett ends up playing at some point during the regular season. And I think Mason Rudolph is um, in danger of getting cut uh, before the regular season because of what I'm hearing. Uh, he's in a fierce battle with uh, Kenny Pickett for that number two spot. But if you're in a fierce battle with a rookie quarterback for the number two spot, that means it's close. And the close goes to the rookie and not the veteran. So <laughs> Mason Rudolph is in danger of uh, looking for a job very soon. This reminds me of my favorite quarterback adage. When you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And the Steelers have three quarterbacks, Tyler. So what do you think they have there? Hey, maybe, maybe you can play. Maybe you can play. I I haven't seen video of your arm. Maybe you should post video of you throwing a football on social media so we can critique it. I would, uh, I would very much like to avoid the wrath from producer Emily. So oh. I will not be uh, posting any highlight videos uh, in the meantime, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, let's wrap this up here. And man, I uh, everybody saw this viral clip here of the Detroit Lions, Aiden Hutchinson, their first pick, the number two pick overall in the draft last year. Um, Hard Knocks has just premiered. Uh, the Lions are getting featured, obviously coming through with a big, you know, four or three, uh, three wins last year, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, in for a big turnaround with their rebuild. But Aiden Hutchinson is singing, Billy Jean is not my lover by Michael Jackson and um, an amazing clip, Tyler, an amazing clip to see all the Lions players jump in and sing once the hook dropped. And um, I'm watching Hard Knocks this year, man. It's got me watching. A for effort, A for building team um, camaraderie, 
Um, however, you know, the dance moves were uh, very bad. Um, I, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted him to hit the moonwalk, but I don't think he knows even how to do the moonwalk. But, mm-hmm. you know, shout out and rest in peace to Michael Jackson. I, I love that Michael Jackson's still getting love. The king of pop, the GOAT, the real GOAT, Michael Jackson. Don't forget that, Soffit. Michael Jackson is the GOAT. Producer Emily, I have a question for you. What was better, Aiden Hutchinson's dance moves or Tyler playing safety? Come on, Producer Emily. I at least made the, a play. You have to give it to feet. me. Who mm. had slower feet? Oh, Tyler Aiden, Aiden obviously had sl- slower feet. Oh, wow. And Aiden had smoother feet, smoother moves. Mm-hmm. I think he also showed, I'm not going to call you out like this, but I'm going to call you out like this. He also displayed more confidence. I mean, he was pretty secure in what he was doing, yeah, how I he would was say performing, that too. and got the crowd involved. I mean, you watch to the end, and he's got everyone on their feet. So I'm. He's got the. How do you know I didn't have everybody on their feet? How do you know I have the video? I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody was kind of just standing, Tyler. So you did, (laughs) you kind of did. They were standing already, though. Did you see the thing? You just see the clip. Uh, One of the one of the players ripped off their shirt, threw it, and then another teammate just caught the shirt and started tossing it. Man, that's team chemistry right there, Tyler. You didn't have none of that. You had no confidence. You're not even trying to like you know, wave off the play like a good DB, anything like that? Nah, man. Yeah, there was no celebration, wins. no flair. You you get knocked down for that. You don't have that I, two 40-ounce Dunkin' Cups of coffee in there, so I'm I am most disappointed that you, you two insinuated that Aiden Hutchinson is a better dancer than me. That's what I am most <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> Look, we can only judge what we've seen, and Aiden's oh, so we far gotta have a dance off. We gotta have a dance off, Tyler. Wow, we gotta have I'm a dance off. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. If you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and your Google Play. Remember, guys, the NFL season's right around the corner. We want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports and USA Today Sports Plus. Thanks for tuning in, guys. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Sorry.